So, review from last week. Also, Andrea and Luke are both sick. Mm-hmm. Like, really sick. So, just pray for them. Um, I don't... I know that he had a fever a few days ago, so I'm guessing that that's probably still what's going on. So, just pray. Pray for them. Um, Alright, review from last week. Uh, we were in chapter 4 last week. What do you guys remember? It was good. It was Hold good. Yay. Let me reevaluate. Uh, Moses was like, God, no, I can't oh, do this. Yeah. Don't make me do this. He's like, <laughs> fine, I'll send Aaron and he can speak for you. Yes. That's it. Yep. That's exactly what happened. It was basically this back and forth between God and Moses of God showing Moses powerful signs and like telling Moses that he'd be with them and then Moses being like, no, please. No, anybody else, not me. And then it finally ends with Moses and Aaron being sent out by God to go talk to Pharaoh, um, which is where we come to today. Oh, and also we had that weird um, interaction uh, between God and Moses where God is going to kill Moses because he hasn't circumcised his son. And I actually listened to a podcast on this this week, and she said something really encouraging. She said that that passage in particular is very foggy. It's not... It's not for sure what's going on. And so she was like, she was just encouraging her listeners to not get hung up on passages like that in the Bible where it's like, this is weird. It's really unclear what's going on. She said, don't build your theology on unclear passages. And so I thought that was really encouraging because that's an unclear passage. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, But yeah, and this week we are in Exodus 5 through 6. And if you didn't read, that's okay. Um, We um, will go through and I just have like the, the, like core verses, the verses that are like main points, I'll read those out loud so that we all know what's going on. Um, But my question for you guys is, have you ever suffered a hardship even though you were obeying God? Have you ever gone through something that was hard or suffering or pain even though you were following the Lord? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, what was that for you, Elise? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to share oh, if you don't want to. It's okay. I'm, I'm really, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. I was going to say yes. Okay, yes. Um, so I came up with like a list of maybe what that could look like. Um, so maybe you're doing everything you can do to chase the Lord, but you are struggling with your singleness. Or maybe you're trying to live for the Lord, but the people around you are mocking you or making fun of you for being the goody-goody or the prude. Maybe you're trying to witness to your family and tell them about Jesus because they don't believe in him, but your relationship with them is still tense and it's not going anywhere. Or maybe you're walking with the Lord and you get really sick or you get a diagnosis or maybe someone you really love who's close to you gets sick. Or maybe you've battled depression or anxiety for years and you're starting to wonder if God will ever ease the struggle. So these are all situations and there's many more. And I'm sure that if you guys have ever been through something, you can just kind of pinpoint that in your life. Um, where you're following the Lord, you're doing everything you're supposed to, you love the Lord, you're you're reading his word, you're trying to obey him, um, but you still are going through hardship. Um, So what do you guys know about God's plan in suffering? What's his intention behind suffering? To produce endurance. Yeah. There's a passage in, I think it's in Romans 5, Mm -hmm. that says... Suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces something? Yeah, perseverance. Perseverance, yeah. Perseverance produces character. Yes. Yeah, that is in Romans 5. Wow, good job. Yeah, 
God has definitely a plan in suffering. It's to produce good things in us. Um, I'm reading in Numbers right now, and in Numbers, Moses is referred to as the most humble man on earth. And it's because, like, he he's not humble all the time when we read, right? Like, we just read last week. He's not humble, right? He's not humble at all. But by the time he gets to Numbers, after years and years of learning how to trust God, of going through struggles and hardships um, and failures, he's learning how to become humble. And so I was so encouraged by that because I was like, sometimes I really struggle with humility. Like, pride is definitely something that's in my heart. Um, but through the things that the Lord puts me through, through his own sanctification in me, if there's any hardships in my, in my future, I can trust that I will come out on the other side more like Christ, more humble, and more perseverance, more character, everything that that Romans 5 passage says. Um, so God's plan in suffering is definitely to make us more like him. What else do you guys know about God's plan and purpose in suffering? Yeah, why doesn't it last? Why doesn't it last forever? Because suffering is an earthly thing that we feel, and I think you won't suffer and you won't be pain. Yeah, we have like this amazing hope of heaven, where there won't be any any pain at all, and God will wipe every tears from every single one of our tears from our eyes. Yeah, and God, we say this all the time, like God has a plan, God's in control, but God really does have a plan, and God really is in control, and His plans even when he's working through our suffering, are so much bigger than what we can see. And that is what we're going to see this week in Exodus, where the people are going to go through some really intense suffering, and they are not going to understand. But as we read further through Exodus, we'll, we'll see that God had a plan all along. All right, so where we left off last time, Aaron and Moses are on their way to go talk to Pharaoh. Um, so now they are before Pharaoh, and they're going to tell him, that they want the people to be let go, that God tells him that the people need to be let go. Um, she's just moving around so much tonight. Um, all right, so just verses 1 through 2, I'll read these for us. <clears throat> Afterward, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast for me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. Okay, Pharaoh. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, whoa, buddy, you don't know who you're talking about. Um, so Moses tells Pharaoh two things. He says who God is. So he says the Lord, God, um, the God of Israel says. And he tells him the command is to let the people go. Um, so Moses, of course, says the name of God because... The name of God qualifies everything that he says. So because he is the Lord, the great I am, everything that he says should be taken with all seriousness. And if Pharaoh truly knew that, then he would not hesitate in letting the people go. But obviously, the Pharaoh's heart is very hard. And he says, um, what does he say? He says, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord. And moreover, moreover, I will not let Israel go. So we see that he doesn't want to obey God. He doesn't want to even acknowledge God. He doesn't know who God is. Um, and he thinks that he's the king. He has power. What he says goes. And he doesn't submit to anything or anyone's rules, especially not a God that he doesn't know. Um, so my thoughts as I read this passage, just like I said before, is like, whoa, Pharaoh. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Um, Pharaoh is a clear example of pride. And like, luckily, I'm not that bad. I'm not that prideful. I never disobey God. I never... 
um, like, I never hear the name of the Lord and just shove it to the side. Um, but as I, like, read through this this week and prayed over it, I was very convicted over the fact that sometimes we read these stories and we read the people that have mistakes and we think, oh, I'll never do that. Like, I'm never that bad. But rather, we should read these stories and see ourselves in Pharaoh. We should see ourselves in the mistakes Moses makes. Um, we should look and we should say, oh, I can also be hard of heart. I can also be self-absorbed and disobedient. Um, this is who I was before I know, knew Christ. Um, but this is who I am sometimes now even. Um, so I want to encourage us here and throughout the book of Exodus um, to search our own hearts and see the ways that we are like Pharaoh and like the Israelites and like Moses in their worst moments. Um, because not only does that show us how much we need God, but it also shows us how awesome God is that he works in the midst of our weaknesses. Um, so has there ever been a time in your life that you had a hard heart and didn't want to do what the Lord told you to do? And what was it like? You can use vague, vague terms or you could be descriptive. Make sense. I know for me, um, I had just become a believer and I started dating a guy and he wasn't really a believer and it was not a relationship that I should have been in and we made a lot of really poor decisions and it took me a long time to get out of that relationship and the Lord told me over and over again and it literally ate away at my heart. Like, I like stayed with him for months that I shouldn't have stayed with him, even though in my heart I knew I needed to just like be done. Um, and I lived in disobedience for like the first like six months of following the Lord because I was with someone that I should have been, should not have been with. Um, and as soon as we ended that relationship, I literally felt so free. Like I just knew I was living in the will of the Lord, but because my heart was hard and I didn't want to like do what God was telling me to do. Um, I see Pharaoh in my heart during that time. Yeah, can you guys think of maybe a time in your life where that happened? I think for me, it was just kind of refusing to pursue like a genuine relationship with Jesus Mm -hmm. through like his word and just kind of limiting my, like, not faith, just my Christian life to like the church and my friends, which is totally, totally fine. Like, I love my church, I love my friends, it's great. But I also, like, needed to go to Jesus because there would be times when, like, I would literally be thinking, like, two separate things and I, would, I wouldn't I would be living, like, two separate lives. It's just, like, my heart wouldn't, like, really all be into it and I wasn't really seeking the Lord's help in it. I was just kind of doing my own thing. Um, and I needed to, like, seek the Lord's help in it and I needed to ask Him to, like, help me to, like, develop a relationship with God and to continue to read his word and to continue to like pray yeah but you just didn't want to ask for that help no yeah yeah i was like no (laughs) (laughs) like that was all i was just being like yeah yep it's just like saying no to god yeah 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 Yeah, but god is so good to like reveal that to you and to reveal it to me and to all of us anytime we fall into sin to show us what we're doing wrong because that's actually how we make it right is by turning and starting to say yes to him and starting to make decisions, um, and starting to obey him. Um, so yeah, we're more like Pharaoh than we think, but God has immense mercy on us. He is patient with us in our weakness and our sins and our hardness of hearts. And he's the one that chases after us. 
Um, and obeying him is always better. Making those tough decisions to follow him and obey him will always lead to a good path. Uh, and he always forgives when we fall short. Um, he welcomes you home with open hands because that's who he is. He's God. He is um, a God of steadfast love, and he never gives up on us. Um, so if you feel your heart ever growing hard, um, just pray. Go to him and, and plead with him to soften it um, and embrace the freedom and joy that we don't have to be Pharaoh that God um, has the power to transform our hearts um, from a solid rock to a heart of flesh. Um, So yeah. And so God told Moses back in chapter 4 that Pharaoh's heart was going to be hard and that he would say no. He warned him of that. Um, And so we see that that was true, that God was right, that that Pharaoh's heart is not ready to let the people go. And there was no way that Pharaoh was going to listen. But I'm sure if I put myself in Moses' shoes... I'm sure he's so discouraged because he's this leader. He's supposed to do all these wonderful things for the Lord. And his first task is to go tell the leader, the dictator, um, hey, let my people go. But it's a, it's a task that's set up for failure, and God tells him that. Um, so, yeah, and Pharaoh's heart is very hard, and it causes him to act out in evil. So rather than just saying no to Moses, he takes it a step farther. Um, so let's look at verse 6 and 7. Um, it says, The same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their foremen, You shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks as in the past. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the number of bricks that they made in the past you shall impose on them, and you shall by no means reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry, Let us go and offer sacrifices to our God. Let heavier work be laid on them, um, on the men, that they may labor at it and pay no regard to lying words. Wow, so Pharaoh just made life a lot harder for the Israelites. Um, Twice as hard as it was because he tells them that they're going to have to gather straw on their own. Um, So what do you guys think that the Israelites are thinking? If you were one of the Israelite people, the Hebrew people living in Egypt at this time, what would go through your mind? Well, I think, like, I wouldn't really know who Moses is, or, like, I'd be like, who's this crazy guy Moses? He's, like, <laughs> yeah. making everything so much harder for us. Yeah. Um, but probably that. Yeah. You would be like, Moses like, stinks. Yeah. Moses is the worst. Yeah, we hate well, Moses. Well, and, and Pharaoh, but yeah. I don't know. I would just be very upset. <laughs> yeah. 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 You wouldn't understand. Yeah. You'd be like, why is life so much harder? Um, and later on, it, it even says that they're supposed to beat them when they don't, like, make enough. So... Every day, the people are suffering under the hands of the Egyptians even more. Um, They're being beaten. They're being worked. um, They're in this intense place of suffering and pain um, that we can't even, like, really imagine. Because, I don't know, I I mean, I work, like, 40 to 50 hours a week. I have no idea what this kind of work looks like, you know? Like, Maddie, you work a lot of jobs, and you're always busy. But, like, we can't even imagine what it would be like to work like they are and to be beaten while we do it. Um, so these people are very worn down, and they're looking for anyone to blame. Um, so let's look at verse 20. Um, this is when the people, so Moses comes out from meeting with Pharaoh, and the people meet him and Aaron out, outside, of the, outside the place. They meet Moses and Aaron, who are waiting for them, as they came out from Pharaoh. And they said to them, The Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants, and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. So, who do the people blame for the increase in their suffering? Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron. 
Yeah. Why do you think that is our tendency sometimes to blame leaders for things that go wrong? Because they were supposed to lead us, and now yeah. they're putting us in more harm than good. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, Moses, you're supposed to be our savior. Like, you're supposed to make everything better, and now life, like, is ten times worse. Yeah. So it's, we definitely tend to tend to blame leaders or other people sometimes for the suffering in our lives. And sometimes that, that blame is justified. Like, if a leader actually fails, it's good to say, no, they are responsible for that. Um, and sometimes, but sometimes there's no person to blame in the suffering other than just the circumstances at hand. And sometimes the suffering we just put on ourselves. Um, so the people do not like Moses. They hate Moses, actually. And they tell him that, like, there's no way they're going to follow him and that he must just want to kill them. Um, so Moses is now tasked to lead these people who not only are suffering intensely, but they also hate him. So imagine being put in charge of two million people that hate you. Like, that would, that would be awful. Um, so we see Moses crying out to the Lord um, in verse 22. And I don't know, my heart just kind of breaks for Moses when I, like, when I read this. But he says, Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, why have you done evil to these people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to these people, and you have not delivered your people at all. So Moses is deeply discouraged here, and he's, he's like wrecked, right? He's like, God, why did you send me? Why did you do this? And he starts to doubt. Um, what are some of the things that he is doubting here in these few verses? That God hasn't come to help. Yeah. Yeah, he's doubting if God is actually going to help or is he just going to make things worse. Yeah, what, what else do you guys see that he is doubting? Why he sent him yeah. to do this. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, God, why did you appear to, uh, to me at the burning bush and hype me up just to tear me down? Mm-hmm. Just to make me look like the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's doubting God's goodness, he's doubting God's purpose, and he's doubting God's actions, um, which I can't blame Moses. I would doubt them as well if I was in his shoes. Um, so I'm sure we've all, we can all picture in our minds a time in our lives that we have been discouraged um, and, or worn down, burnt out, not wanting to keep going. I'm sure we can all think of a time like that. Um, so this is the question that I left you guys with last week. Why do you guys think that God would allow things to get worse before they get better? Why do you think he allowed this situation to happen to the Israelites? Test their faith. Test their faith? Yeah. To make sure they were really kind of going along with Maddie's, like, see if they really would be going to go hmm. or if they were trying to fix it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you actually trust me in yeah. that situation? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Why do you think God sometimes allows things in our lives to get worse before they get better? I think probably the same, similar reasons. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. exact, but probably similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To test our faith, to grow it, make us stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also had the thought pop into my head, just like, kind of like I said earlier, just like sometimes he'll allow things like that to happen. Um, so when we get through it, 
Mm. We like realize, well, even when we're not through it, we realize just how short amount of like how short of an amount of time it was. Yeah. Compared to eternity. Yeah. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. But it's tricky to under like try to understand in the middle of it mm-hmm. because it seems like it's going on forever. Yeah. But yeah. When you're at the end of it, you're like, oh, like compared to eternity, that was like not even a second. Yeah. Like, one day when we're in heaven, all the suffering that we go through, no matter how big it is now, is going to be so small. Yeah. And kind of going along with that, it's like, you look back on it and you're like, um, you think like, wow, like, look at all the things God did for me throughout mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And you can see um, more of God's goodness when you look mm-hmm. back on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Sometimes you can't see that God's goodness when you're in it, but sometimes it comes after, and you're like, okay, yeah, he's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and God, God hears the cry of the people, and he graciously responds to the desperate and discouraged cries of Moses, and he welcomes the questions of Moses, and he answers them. Um, so we, we have questions sometimes, especially when we walk through hard times or things that don't make sense. We have questions, um, and there's two examples in the Psalms of times that and more examples too, but these are just the two that I'm using, of when the psalmist, the person who wrote the psalm, is asking God a question because they're going through suffering. Um, one's in Psalm 6, 1. Um, I'll read it for us real fast. Psalm 6, 1. I'm using that Bible you guys got me. <laughs> but since I haven't used it very much, it's hard to flip through sometimes. The pages get stuck, but it's so pretty. All right, Psalm 6 1. Um, I guess Psalm 6 3. My soul is greatly troubled, but, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, and deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. So in this Psalm, Psalm 6, it's just the psalmist asking God a bunch of questions like, Why, Lord? How long will I suffer? Why are you doing this? Um, and it's in the Bible. Like, those questions are in the Bible, and they're in this psalm because God knows that we have questions, and he gives us this guide for how to look for him in those questions and how to ask him. Um, and another psalm that asks that same question is Psalm 10. Um, I wrote Psalm 10 one down, but that is not this. That is not the verse that I wanted. Hmm. Sorry, guys. Yeah, that's what I wrote down, but it is not right. Mine has a question. It does? Yeah. What does it say? It says, why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you have yourself in trouble? I was looking at 10-2. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm using the same version you're using. Am I yeah. Yes. Yes. That's the question. I was like, I was like, I could have sworn that it was in here somewhere. Yeah. Psalm ten one. Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? And like that's like in the Bible. Like you're allowed to ask those questions, and you're allowed to bring that before the Lord, and then you can trust that He listens and that He responds, just like He responds to Moses and. Um, Exodus 6. So yeah, those are two great psalms to keep in mind, to keep in your back pocket. 
Um, hopefully you can remember the verses more than I can um, and be able to use them <laughs> whenever you need. Um, but yeah, so you can bring your questions of grief and sadness and fears and doubts even. Like when you have doubts about who God is, you can bring them to the Lord. He's the Lord of all things. He's the God of all comfort. He is patient and kind. Um, and he's so patient with us, even though we're small and our lives are short and we can't see the big picture. He is so good to listen to us anyway. And even though he knows what's going to happen, he's so good to listen to our concerns in that moment. Um, so God responds. And we see his response in 6, 1 through 8. And I will read that for us as well. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will send them out. With a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as the God Almighty. But by, but by my name, the Lord, I will not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel whom the Egyptians sold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. I will deliver you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for the, a possession. I am the Lord. Ooh, so good. Um, so I broke this down into four parts of what God says um, in response to Moses' questions of doubt and discouragement. So first God says, I am in control. Um, he says, Moses, I know what I'm doing. And one day, Pharaoh will let you go. And with a strong hand, he will shove you out. Um, and my hand holds the entire thing together. Pharaoh holds my people, but with an evil, even stronger hand, I will, I will make him shove them out. I am in control. Um, the second thing is that he says is, I am the Lord. Um, so that takes us back to when the Lord tells Moses at the burning bush, I am who I am. Um, he is the great I am. He's the one who is always is, always will be, holds all power. He's the one that's sovereign. Um, and the doubts and discouragement, Moses had to remember the name of the Lord, the, the name that, that gave him a reason to trust everything that God said. Um, the third thing that God says is, I keep my covenants. So um, with his forefathers, with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, God kept every single one of his promises to those people. So God was going to keep every single one of his promises to Moses and to the people of Israel because God is a covenant-keeping God. Um, and then God also says that he will save. He says, I save. I will save the people of Israel. I, re I will redeem them. I will bring them out of slavery, and I will bring them into the land flowing with milk and honey. I will bring them out of slavery and into a new life. And this, on this page of Exodus, this is a wonderful picture of the gospel, Right? The Lord brings us out of slavery to sin. We are dead in our sin. And then he brings us out of that. Oh, yeah. He brings us out of that, and he brings us into the land flowing with milk and honey, which is just knowing him, being forgiven by him, and being able to spend eternity with him. Um, so even though Moses doesn't know that in this moment, this picture of him bringing the, Egyptian, bringing the Israelites out of Egypt is just a picture of the gospel that we get to live in today. Um, so yeah, God hears the cries of his people and he's going to save them. Um, and his purpose to redeem his people is for his glory. 
um, so that they will know him and that he will know them. Um, it's all for his glory. Um, when you guys get discouraged, what are you, what are you sometimes tempted to go to? If you're like having a bad day or you're burnt out, discouraged, what do you run to? Netflix. Netflix. Covers over Netflix on. Yeah. Just zone out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you guys run to when you're discouraged? Food. Food. Yeah, me too. Just other people. Yeah. Other people. Yeah, sometimes when I'm discouraged, I just like to, I don't like to. Sometimes I just spiral. I'm just like, I'll just keep thinking about, like, bad things. And they'll just get worse and worse and worse. And I don't even want to think about God. But yeah, there's a lot of different things that we go to when we're discouraged. And those things never fill us. They never change anything. And it's not even like any of those things are wrong. It's not wrong to watch Netflix or to go to other people for encouragement um, or to eat food. Like, all those things are good, but it's when we replace God with them that they become idols, that they become bad. Um, and so we must run to the Lord. We must literally clothe ourselves with the Word of God, um, read it like we need it, um, to pray to Him, um, and to just ask for His help when we are discouraged, to cry out like the psalmist cry out, to cry out like Moses does. Um, in suffering, God has a purpose and a plan, and sometimes that plan is just to bind us closer to Him. And the best way to bind yourself closer to the Lord is to just fill in the gaps of your life with reading the word, with praying, with thinking about him, with worshiping him any moment that you get. Because he's God and he loves you. Um, and that's our response to that. Um, but we see it's not always that easy. In verse 9, I'll read that for us. Um, verse 9, Moses spoke to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. So why did this is going to be a stupid question, but why didn't the people believe Moses? Because they already been mistreated. Not mistreated. I don't say hyped up. I feel like they were hyped yeah. up once and discouraged. Hmm. So like, why would we? Why would we listen to you again? Yeah, like they were. Yeah, what's the word? They had like expectations. Oh, yeah. that's it. They had their expectations were let down. And they were like, I'm not going to get excited again. Yeah. 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 They are very tired. Just like Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, my version says that they had a broken spirit. Uh, And just reading that, I was like, oh, that's... My spirit has never been broken, I don't think. But I've been in bad places, but to have like a broken spirit... Does anyone else's version say something different in verse 9? It just says discouragement. Yeah. Yeah, their discouragement, their slavery, their broken spirit. Yeah, so the people are hurting, and sometimes hurting people don't want to listen to God. and But God is still faithful in that, too. Like, God doesn't stop being God just because the people are hurting so bad they don't believe Moses' words. The, the people telling Moses they don't believe him doesn't stop God from doing what God promised he was going to do and saving them despite the fact that they never believed that he could. Um, so yeah, sometimes people that are suffering don't want to hear about 
oh god oh god has a wonderful plan for you and they're like how does how does that make sense they're they're hurting and they're broken but we can remind ourselves and we can remind them that god is faithful even when you're weak god is faithful even when you don't believe that he is god that doesn't stop him from being god um so how does knowing that god works even when you're discouraged and weak how does that encourage you I feel like sometimes at work I get very discouraged very fast sometimes like mm-hmm. when a kid can't like explain their needs I kind of feel like do they trust me because they yeah. run it's like do they not feel safe with me and like sometimes just little things and it's like it's usually I feel like I get more angry when there's more things going outside of like of work and I, I just keep praying I always pray soften my heart soften my heart mm-hmm. like their their problems are not nothing that deal with my problems like mm. that's what I have to go into work and I've realized that that's helped a lot like okay deep breaths soften the heart before I go and I yell wow. like because yeah. sometimes like it, I just don't want my discouragement to be put onto theirs almost like, yeah yeah even if it's been a long day right yeah isn't that crazy sometimes all we can pray is just like Lord do something in my heart that I can't do myself yeah. like soften my heart Yeah, how else? How does knowing that God works even when you're discouraged or weary encourage you? I find a lot of peace knowing that um, like God won't stop working even when I stop working or when I mess up or when I'm too tired. He doesn't stop. A lot of a lot of comfort there, um, and we see that Moses is a very tired leader. Um, in verse ten, he says, "Well, well, he doesn't say anything." Um, in verse ten, the Lord just tells Moses to go and tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel go. So he's like, "Go back and tell them the same thing." Uh, but Moses said to the Lord, "Oh yeah, this is what I was talking about." Um, Moses said to the Lord, "Behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me." How shall Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. So he's like, my people won't even listen to me. What makes you think that that crazy guy over there is going to listen to me? Like, he already told me no once. Like, Lord, I'm so discouraged. Like, what are you talking about? Um, But God, again, graciously gives Moses and Aaron the strength to go do it again. And we'll see that in um, the next chapter of Moses and Aaron boldly come before Pharaoh. And God gives him the, the words and the strength and the courage to say the same thing over and over again. Um, it's not them working, it's the Lord working through them. Um, so yeah, the last part in chapter 6 is a genealogy, and I'm not going to read it because it's a lot of names, and a lot of them I can't pronounce. Um, but I do think it's really cool because genealogies help us trace um, exactly what's happening in the different generations and how God has been faithful through all of them. And it also shows us that God is a God who is a, he like loves the individual. He knows by name and these people are important to him and you're important to him and so we're all in the genealogy of the Lord Um, so I think genealogies even though sometimes we skip over them even though sometimes they're important to read through it's cool to know that the Lord pays attention to individuals and he knows our names and we're part of a wonderful plan um, that is too great for us to even understand Um, 
So yeah, I don't have very many application questions for us tonight. Um, I just have two. But we read a lot about just like the people being discouraged, Moses being discouraged. Um, So how can we, as people of God who know God, how can we encourage someone who is bitter towards God um, or maybe suffering and doesn't really want anything to do with God? How can we encourage them? Reminding them that like this world like isn't like the only world like it's mm-hmm. like heaven is supposed to be like the perfect place and like we get to look forward to that and we get to look forward to being perfect there with a perfect God yeah so kind of like the struggles here are kind of just like a reminder of that like mm-hmm. this isn't our home yeah um I mean at least that's what I think I would say to them of yeah. course I think I would be kind of tongue-tied because I would be like I don't know like what you're going through yeah um but I, I mean if I think that's probably something I would say yeah <laughs> both are yeah sometimes it's good to not say anything at all but I also think what you said about like our hope in heaven is really good yeah sometimes I think kind of going along with like the not saying anything kind of mindset is a lot of times I'll just like use my actions to hmm. encourage yeah so like especially at home like if I see dishes in the sink that aren't mine, like, I'll just go ahead and do them. Or just, like, doing little things like that, that kind of, like, especially if, like, my mom comes over and she mm. sees that, like, all the dishes are put away and all the dishes are cleaned. That's just, like, encourage. I, I, I don't know if encourage is if that's the right word, but it's just, like, yeah. one less thing. She's like, oh, like, why did that to me? I wonder why. Yeah. Like, she didn't have to do it, but she did. Yeah, that's awesome. It's something so small. But it, it means, like, so much, too. Yeah, and I feel mm-hmm. like the more you do those things, and maybe the more they notice, maybe they'll ask you, like, why? Like, why did you, why have you been doing this right? And that, like, opens up a conversation yeah. to be able to do or to say, like, the gospel and tell them the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, washing dishes can sometimes open up opportunities for the gospel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always at a loss for words sometimes, like Elise said, tongue-tied. When someone is walking through intense suffering that I have no experience with whatsoever, I'm almost like, I don't know what to say, and I'm afraid to say the wrong thing, and I'm afraid to do anything. And it's also just a point of just, like, loving them. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's, like, I know it can get discouraging when, especially if someone's just, like, always really down and, like, you... Um, and you're still trying to love him and stuff, mm. but yeah. just like it's, listening. Yeah, mm. and like when things do get better for them, they're gonna look back on that and be like, "Wow, mm. like they were really great. Why did they do that for me? Like yeah. they didn't it have to do that for me." Yeah, it won't always be like in the moment where they're like, "Wow." Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for loving me through thanks. my dark times. Yeah. Thanks for bringing me out of the pit. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it probably won't look like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very long process sometimes mm-hmm. yeah. yeah took our mom along my mom's catholic and i like i look back and when ellen and i started coming to village and everything my mom didn't go to church like yeah like my dad my dad kind of like portrayed this like very big christian person when, he, when they got a divorce and it was just a very ugly divorce and it still is so the fact that he portrayed that i think she like went away but now mm-hmm. she goes to church every sunday Really? And 
it's like the craziest thing because like Ellen and I would come back and I'm like oh my gosh like, this is what we learned like mm-hmm. every single day what I learn and it's just so cool yeah because then she tells me what she learns now so it's like god finally it's also Ella and her go to a manual okay. on Sunday so she's she's really liking just the theme she likes the themes mm-hmm. and like because she was Catholic, so they went through the whole Bible all yeah. the time. So she, know, she does it a lot. And I'm always like, Mom, Exodus is insane. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he, like, he killed somebody and buried him in the sand. <laughs> yeah. goes, yep. And I was yeah. like, you didn't tell me that. She's <laughs> like, mm, But it's just it's so cool that I can actually like, talk yeah. to my mom now about everything. That's it's awesome. so cool. That's awesome. And that came after a lot long, of years. long time, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, kind of going back to, I think Maddie said this, of, like, right now it looks, like, so long. Like, that looks like a long time. But when we get to heaven, it's going to be, like, oh, that was no time at all. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Um, so what's stood out to you guys the most about God as our through our study of Exodus? What are some like things about God that have really stood out to you? He doesn't stop working when we stop. Yeah. That one thing you said that got me. Yeah. Why do you think that got you? I don't know, cause I'm always working. Yeah. And then it's like, when I take rest, I don't know. I just I just didn't comprehend that. He's constantly working. Hmm. Yeah. We can't constantly work. No. We'll crumble. But. He no. get tired. Yeah. Yeah. Just like whenever, I don't know, it's a weird concept from comprehending still. I have a question. Yeah. The, I, I mean, that doesn't have to do with, like, your question, mm-hmm. but it, but Maddie said he, he doesn't get tired, so then that brings up the question for me, why did he rest on the seventh day? Mm-hmm. Why do you think he rested on the seventh day? Why do you think he did that? That's what I'm asking you. I don't know. Uh, maybe to like uh, show us, like mm. through example, yeah, mm-hmm. that we need to rest. That's exactly why he did it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, you knew the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking it too. I'm glad you asked. Yeah. I was Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Because God did rest. He just chilled on the seventh right. day when he could have just kept creating. He's or... one day off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he did it because he's like most perfect father who models what he wants his children to do mm-hmm. and so even though he doesn't need a rest day he's like the people that i'm creating are going to need a rest day because they're <laughs> they have to live in that world yeah <laughs> so he's like i'm going to graciously gonna... humble myself almost and model for them what it looks like yeah so good isn't it it's just like mm-hmm. yeah i always love it when brock's like did you work out today? Sit around, sit around. I was like, wait a minute. I dropped 20 bucks for one. I dropped 20 It would be Kurt's nice be to jealous. have a scarf like He uses yeah. multiple strings. Oh, I tried to figure out how he did it. He used lots of... Because you know at the Stop. end... Yeah. Yeah. He used so many. He did. I'm trying to like comprehend how he did it. Well, you could ask him. 
And it's like perfect too. For mom, yeah. the first CD was like amazing. I was like, wow. Yeah, he did a great job. It was amazing. And I, I was like, well, did you crochet that? He's like, no, I, I knitted it. Okay, sorry. Forgive me. You knitted it. Um. Okay. So I. Next week we are reading. Um, we did. What did we do today? Five All right. So next week we'll do seven and eight. Um, and I totally forgot to come up with a focus question. So sorry about you. What? Do they even help? No, they even help. It helps like think about. Okay, that's good. Well, if I come up with one, I'll send it to you, but I probably won't, so. You should just... <laughs> it's going to be a rest day. <laughs> rest so, week for the If you guys remember, questions. you can just, you can read it or listen to it. I didn't, I keep forgetting that the Bible app has, like, the listening thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm afraid I'm not going to comprehend. I don't yeah, know. I like, I think I, I get scared. Cause I, I get, like it because of the way, like, they, like, kind of, like, storytell it. Yeah. And, like, use, like, different voices uh-huh. and, like, I'll try it out. Wording. I draw, oh, we'll call it Christian Siri. And I bet it's Christian nice. Siri. <laughs> I bet it's nice for you because you can just listen to it. Yeah. When you're like feeding her or doing something else, like you don't have to yeah. sit down. It's great. Yeah. That's Last awesome. night at the women's Bible study, I don't. It's um Zeke's mom. Oh. <laughs> she was so funny. I was like, I didn't read. I read majority of it. I didn't read chapter sixteen. But she summarized each one. And she oh, did it in, like, yeah. funny voices. She's like, this is what happened. And I was like, can you summarize everything for me? And I was like, wow. She did, like, voices, too. She did. Like, ah. It was so <laughs> cute. You can definitely tell your Zeke's mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. And then there's Michaela. I don't know. It was, just, it was like, wow. I was like, I need you to read my Bible story every time. She needs it. to be Bible story. She needs to summarize every week. It makes it so interesting. It does. She's just so excited. She's like, this is wow. I'm going to say goodbye to the podcast. Okay, bye. Bye, Bye, podcast.